this podcast, I relate real life to the psych and psych to the real life, showing you that things aren't what they seem and how you can address the inner sense to get a better clarity of what the hell is going on. Hi guys, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Undressing Your Inner Sense. So today I want to talk about all things mental health. So here's a fun fact. One in five Americans, aka more than 40 million Americans, are diagnosed with mental illness or mental disorders. And that's not even factoring the Americans that have a mental disorder or illness. That's not even diagnosed yet. So... I'm here to talk about mental health, all things mental health. Um, a brief run through, I'm going to be talking about some illnesses, ways to get over the, those illnesses, um, uh, how to prevent it, and just everything mental health and just trying to give you guys like a little insight on the different types of illnesses and the symptoms. And I want to also share some things that I have been learning by reading this book called Comedic Diet Ancient African Wisdom for Health of Mind, Body, and Spirit, based on the natural diet and health systems of ancient Kemetic and Nubia. As you guys may know, if you don't know, catch up, we're in the times of COVID right now, which is a little bit stressful since we were quarantined for about four or five months, like rarely any social contact, stuck in the house, um wasn't able to go outside, no vitamin D, no social contact. It really put a strain on a lot of people's mental health, including mine. It was so it was so like sad just being in the house, not being able to go out, not being able to do this and that, hang out with my friends, see my partner. It was just very restricting on my physical health and my mental health. And um, another reason why I want to talk about this is because I learned so much in psychology in regards to mental health and how it's formed and how it should not be considered like a taboo topic anymore. That I definitely want to share with you guys that it's okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be scared. But no one, this is a judgment-free zone at this point. It's 2020. We're all going to be talking about mental health. We're all going to be forgetting the notions that we used to, forgetting all the things we used to joke about. Like I know um, an example, like on Facebook, even I used to do this sadly, but like in the past I joke about suicide and like I'm going to kill myself. I'm sure someone, I'm sure like some people have said that in like their past and whatnot. So I just want to, I just want to talk about mental health and how it plays a factor in like basically everything. So mental health is important. It's definitely important because your mental health impacts your thoughts, your emotions, your behavior, and also your decision-making process. You know, like when you're mad, you're like tight at something, you're just like, damn, okay, in your mind, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to stop talking to this, stop talking to that. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you're only thinking about that because you're upset and you're mad and you just feel like, Everything is wrong and the world's against you. But when that's not actually the case. Um, some other reasons why um, talking about mental health and having good mental health is important because you can help yourself. You can help yourself to be introspective about what you're feeling, why you're feeling, how you're feeling, and what 
like basically what's making you feel that way. And you can also help others. Let's say you have like a friend that's down, you know, a friend that's not feeling well. You have the um, capability of helping that friend to helping that friend to like get out of the slump, helping that friend to build up the courage to talk to a professional, talk to a parent, talk to someone who knows and understands what they're going through. If you specifically don't, you can direct them in that, um, you can direct them in that passageway in order to get there. And also mental health, having good mental health, like promotes like productivity and not only, like work, but like school, um, caregiving, and just anything creative that you may love. I'm sorry if my um, mic is a little staticky right now. Um, I dropped it like a couple times when I add it. So it might give you a little bad feedback, but I'm going to be trying to edit that out. So bear with me. So yes. So right now, let's talk about the most common mood disorders that are caused by stress and I'm also going to list sub disorders because there are like the overall disorders and then there's sub um, disorders underneath that specific disorder so first let's talk about depression so depression is definitely a most um the most common mental disorder in America so basically depression is grief or sadness that is it's a typical response to like a traumatic life event let's say a family member died um you lost your job um or you suffer from another mental like mental illness or any major illness the one thing about illnesses that they can cause each other like for example let's say i have um i'm diagnosed with um anxiety my anxiety can cause me to develop depression, which is one thing people don't know. Like they think, oh, if you have one, you can't have, no, it's possible to have both. And it's possible that one did cause the other. So when the depression continues to be present, even when stressful events are over and like, there's no apparent cause for you to be say sad or upset, then that would classify as depression either clinical or major. So for a person to be diagnosed with um, clinical depression, the symptoms must be there for at least two weeks. So in my um, sophomore year of college, um, fall semester, I took this class called Abnormal Psychology. And we discussed basically, if not all the mental illnesses in the book, you know, and it was so interesting the way she broke it down and the way like like people just think depression is sadness when it's actually not. And people think that they just there's a lot of like bad connotations or like fake facts. I say fake facts because once you post something on social media or someone sees something from a so-called reliable source, they run with that. So they see fake facts about depression or anxiety. And then when you're actually taking a class taught by someone who's in the mental health field, someone who has their degree and has their um, like reputation built up, talking about the different mental illnesses and the causes, the symptoms, and just basically telling us all about it, you're just like, damn, 
everything I thought about this mental illness is wrong. And now it's my, like, I felt like it was my, is my duty to like, um, inform people on the facts about things and correct people on a daily basis if they have something wrong about a certain illness. And no, I don't always remember every illness and every fact, but what I do do, <laughs> do, do. <laughs> but what I do is like I save all the, um, I saved all my notes from Abnormal Psych and I just go over it randomly, you know? I just go over it when, let's say, in a show, I'm watching someone and uh, let's say this man ends up um, getting diagnosed with um, clinical depression. Let's say that, right? I'm going to be an, like, I'm the type to analyze. I'm going to take my notes out and I'm going to analyze how he's behaving and how he behaved before and seeing if they're like getting it right, which I think is, it's kind of a, like kind of weird, but kind of cool to know like, Hey, dang, like I know this, like I got my notes right here. I mean, I remember it all in my head yet, but I'm able to educate someone about this mental disorder. So they don't, they don't keep spilling like fake facts to others. So with depression, there are definitely different types of depression, several, if not. And the symptoms definitely vary depending on the form of depression. Because like I said, clinical depression for this specific one, the symptoms must last for at least two weeks. So the first type of depression is called postpartum depression. So this type occurs during pregnancy or after delivery. The second one is persistent depressive disorder. So this um, type of uh, depression is a chronic form of depression that can last for at least two years and symptoms may uh, occasionally lessen in severity during this time. So it might go down like there's a possibility of it going down. There's also seasonal affective disorder. So this is another type of depression that, as you can see in the name, is seasonal. It starts typically in the late autumn or early winter and lasts until spring or summer. And less commonly, sad episodes, seasonal affective disorder episodes, they may begin during the late spring or summer. So in the name, it's seasonal. So it can either happen like in the colder months or the warmer months or in between. And they tend to disappear or lessen during like the opposite season. Let's say if it starts in fall, it's going to end in spring. And say if it starts in spring or summer, it's going to end in fall or winter. Which is kind of, I keep saying it, I think it's kind of weird to say like, oh, this is so cool. But like to me it is being like a psych major and knowing that I definitely do want to get in the mental health field along with IO Psych. Never going to stop talking about that. It's like, it's super like interesting to see that everything is not black and white. Even if it seems so black and white, there's more to the story than is being publicized because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. Next, there is psychotic depression. So this is a type of se- severe depression combined with psychotic episodes, such as hallucinations, which is basically seeing or hearing things that others do not or do not exist, or delusions. So having fixed but false beliefs. So with psychotic depression, um, they definitely are majorly disturbing and upsetting to the person experiencing them. And they often have a theme. Let's say um, 
my dog's eye when I was little. When I was little, then years later, years later, and that I've never gotten over that. And this years later, years later, years later, I'm like, let's say, in my twenties, and something stressful or traumatic happens, and lets me, and like reminds me of the dog, and I develop psychotic depression. My depression will most likely be about animals dying or that dog dying, like a theme. It's going to have a theme to it. So if it's related to my dog dying, it's going to be related to dogs, animals, or death, just death. Let's say there was a car accident. I had a baby and there was a car accident and I lost the baby. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. And then I'm, I develop psychotic depression. It, those depressions will, and like the psychotic episodes basically will have a theme. And may, maybe the theme will be centered around like a baby or kids. So I think psychotic depression is one of the worst forms of depression to have. Not worst as in, ew, you have that. But worst as in it takes a toll on the person having it. So, yeah. Now let's talk about bipolar disorder, aka manic depressive disorder. So, bipolar disorder can be defined as swings in the mood from periods of depression to mania. So, when someone experiences a low mood, symptoms may resemble those of clinical depression. Depressive episodes alternate with manic episodes or mania so during a manic episode a person may feel elated or feel irritable or have increased levels of activity so when people hear the word mania or manic they think crazy let's be real here when I first got into abnormal psych I'm like okay mania manic stay away crazy but no it can go both ways it can be I think both ways are actually negative because you being too manic, too positively manic or too negatively manic is definitely not a good thing. But let's just like uh, use simple terms here. So it can either be positive or negative. So you can like feel either very low, very like mad, very angry, or you can feel super happy, super this, super that. Let me do that. Da da da. So, and there are four types of basic bipolar disorders. So, bipolar 1. So, this is the most severe form. I know in class, we took like, I think almost two days, aka almost six hours to discuss bipolar 1. Yeah, the classes lasted a long time. And for specific disorders, we took a long time to talk about because... It was a lot of, a lot of content, a lot of things we needed to learn. So manic episodes last at least seven days or may be severe enough to require hospitalization. And then depressive episodes will also occur, often lasting for at least two weeks. Sometimes symptoms of both mania and depression are present at the same time. Bipolar 2 disorder. This disorder causes cycles of depression similar to those of bipolar 1. So a person with this illness also experiences hypomania, which is a less severe form of mania, but it's still mania. So basically, 
hypomanic hypomania dang periods are not as intense and not as sporadic as mania itself so in comparison to bipolar 1 bipolar 2 disorder is usually able to handle daily responsibilities and does not require hospitalization so let's talk about the next thing let's talk about anxiety so this is another common type of mental disorder that is caused by stress but not only stress but stress is a factor so first let's differentiate between anxiety fear and anxiety disorders okay and okay let's talk about that so fear represents an emotional response to a real or imagined imminent threat okay Anxiety represents an emotional response to perceived future threat. Anxiety disorders represent psychological disorders that share features of excessive anxieties and or fear. So basically, fear is seen as a reaction to a specific observable danger. So let's say a spider is in my room. I'm going to feel that fear. It's right there. I see it. It's there. While anxiety is seen as like a object-less, future-oriented fear. So fear has factor in both, but fear typically is current while anxiety is future-oriented. Like, okay, in the future, like, okay, um, damn, I have anxiety about this test, anxiety about graduation, anxiety about this and that, something that's coming up, aka in the future. Now let's talk about the six common types of anxiety disorders or anxiety. So the first type of um, anxiety disorder would be social anxiety disorder, aka social phobia. So this is characterized by having an excess and like having an excessive anxiety or fear concerning at least like one so, so social situation where the person will be scrutinized by others. Please. Oh my goodness. Like just reading this gives me like a heart, like my heart, like a heart race. I have been in this situation before where I just be scared of being around people because I'm afraid they're going to be talking about me or afraid they're going to be judging me. Funny story, but not so funny. So for freshman orientation, I had to go all the way up to Brockport and just be in Brockport. My mom didn't sign up for the dinner portion of Brockport, so I ended up being at the dinner by myself. And Lord, when I walked into the Cirque, like the big gym, the amount of beige white faces I've I seen, I was like, oh no. I was like, Lord, help me. I've never been in, in like a majority white space that deep before. I've been in a majority Hispanic space, cool, but not like a majority white space. Like white faces outshine the black faces by like a lot. So that was like kind of an uncomfortable situation for me. Uh, I handled it not so well. I ended up going into the bathroom and just started bawling and crying. And um, my eyes are bloodshot red. They've never been that bloodshot red before. Like, I think in that situation, it was fear 
and anxiety just all that that just like hit me all at once and um yeah <laughs> it wasn't really like a good time a good situation to be in especially being from new york city you know all that diversity and just seeing my people do do them you know but let's continue so social anxiety disorder so these situations that may cause this disorder include like include things like um being unfamiliar with people for the first time um being watched when one is eating performing in front of others public speaking and just other different things that involve people interacting looking at you or just being in your space in a way so individuals with like social anxiety disorder most often feel like they will be humiliated as a result of these interactions and will typically avoid these situations but going to Brockport um, I went to a lot of like cultural events and although I've I always know people were staring at me and looking at me I don't really know if it was positive or negative never really cared I just kept doing me and kept being awesome and kept being cute so yeah, I think it alleviated when I was when I'm around my own people, but when I'm like around um people who don't look like me, especially if like majority of people don't look like me. That was my first situation and that that just felt like so weird. It's like I never encountered that situation, but now I know how to handle it. I'm going to continue to be me, can continue doing me, continue doing what I do and that's it. Next, we have panic disorder. So this consists of two major features. One, experiencing recurrent unexpected panic attacks. And two, displaying for at least one month or longer periods of excessive worrying about experiencing another attack or engaging in maladaptive behaviors designed to avoid having future attacks. So maladaptive behavior can be defined as, as I'm trying to remember it from abnormal psych, as basically setting yourself up for failure. Like you're engaging in these behaviors that you know aren't good for you. You know that they aren't good for you. They definitely aren't good for you. You And you're aware of that, but you still continue to do it because of like a so what or you have this um, panic disorder. So panic attacks can definitely be physical. Like they affect your physical health, such as pounding hearts, your sweating, your trembling, your sensation of choking, um, being unable to breathe. Oh my gosh! Anybody have ever gotten like a frog in the throat? Like I have gotten like a frog in my throat a couple times. Like it just feels like there's something in my throat. Um, I'm unable to speak. It's just not good. Extreme nausea. Um, dizziness chills chest pains and then it can also be emotional such as feeling as if one is going crazy feeling as if one is attached from reality the sensation that one is attached from one's own body fear of losing control and fear of dying bro just reading these um like symptoms and how panic attacks can affect the physical and mental i'm like bro did i did i have like a panic panic anxiety panic disorder or something because bro i've definitely felt 
the feeling as if one's going crazy, feeling as if one's detached from reality. I've definitely felt that a couple times. Like, I'm not here. Like, is this real right now? And the fear of dying. Like, I've had, a, like, a long, long fear of dying. I don't know where it came from. I guess because I, I guess because I realized that this world is just so cruel and I have so much to accomplish before I die. So like, I didn't want to die. And then my mom, she definitely installed fear in me. So yeah, I've had like really bad fear. Um, like fear against everything, you know, going outside, crossing the street, cars, etc. Now let's talk about agoraphobia. So agoraphobia is a condition um, where basically it's like a fear or extreme anxiety about being in two or more different situations where you believe that you cannot escape. Some of these situations include being in open spaces, being in a crowd, being outside of one's home alone, um, being in some form of public transportation, let's say the MTA, the bus, like the train, um, and being in some enclosed space, including stores and theaters. So often the person that has this um, agoraphobia disorder, they would start to experience symptoms that are similar to a panic attack when they're either thinking about the situation or actually in that situation of feeling that they're not able to escape. So next we have general anxiety disorder. So general anxiety disorder is a disorder, Avi, that is considered to be chronic. So for it to be chronic, it must occur most days for at least six months and represents excessive fear or anxiety about many different types of events. People with generalized anxiety disorder often, they often worry. They're very worried and very neurotic that they just seem to be worried about everything and anxious about everything. So um, adults must constantly express um, at least three of these following um, situations that I'm going to read right now. Okay, so these situations include count constant restlessness and feeling on edge, Constant difficulties with concentrating or attention. Constant feeling fatigued or fatiguing very easily. Constantly experiencing muscle tension. Consistent expression of irritability or restlessness. And constantly experiencing problems with sleeping. It's crazy how much you can learn from being in class. And reading a bunch of psych books and having, I have my notes like right here in front of me. And I'm also using um, some websites to help me like easily explain some of these, some of these disorders because I haven't like visited this in like almost a year, but research helps. But yeah, bro, generalized anxiety disorder. I'm literally like shocked right now. Because I'm like, bro, did I have this or do I? Because like, I worry about a lot of stuff. But mostly, most of the stuff that I worry about involves school. Like, like financial aid, um, getting my credits, finishing my hours, 
um, getting an apartment, just, uh, but it's like, how am I not supposed to be worried about something that could play a factor and that plays a factor in my life, whether I succeed or fail or, okay, I dragged it, not whether I succeed or fail or whether I'm still on my timely schedule. Cause I basically planned my whole life out and how I want things to go, but there have been obstacles and I have been able to get over those obstacles through the help of my brain and through the help of others. But I am learning to like help myself in a way, but sometimes it's so hard to like get rid of that, that, okay, they got it. Okay. I'm gonna put my trust in the financial aid office's hands. Okay. I'm gonna do that. But it's, it's kind of, it's hard sometimes because it's like people are busy. You're not the only one in the world that has these problems and that the only one that they can take care of and sometimes people aren't there for you you get what i'm saying sometimes people don't have your best interest in heart and i think that's one of the reasons why i have big trust issues when it comes to things that i'm not in control of it's like if i'm not in control of it who is and is that person trustworthy is that person going to get the job done on a timely matter and not screw me over that's like majority of what i worry about but I'm do- taking some measures to just like, in a way, calm down and just breathe. But it's, I don't know, I guess I have to find a way, you know, just realize what will happen will happen as long as I play my part. That's what I keep saying right now. It's like my mantra. As long as I keep playing my part, things will fall into line, whether people like it or not. So yeah. So now let's look at the causes of mood disorders. So the risk factors include family history. So this would definitely be biological and, hold on, nature, right? Nature means biological, right? And then nurture is how you grow up. Let me just fact check that right now on my tablet. <laughs> okay, I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching. Nature versus, I just get confused with that. Like it's so cut and clear, but then sometimes my brain be playing tricks on me. So nature is what we think of as pre-writing and is influenced by genetic inheritance and other biological factors. And nurture is generally taken as the influence of external factors after conception, I bet. So nature, so nature can definitely play a factor in whether you develop a, a mood disorder, or it's like a, it's a risk factor. Next, previous diagnosis of a mood disorder. Like I said in the beginning of this, the way beginning, that if you have a mood, like a mental disorder, that mental disorder can most likely cause another one to develop or most likely, like, not that it will cause it, but it's more likely you will develop another one because of that, because there's a lot of things going on. Like I'm going to be reading the symptoms of these um, disorders soon. And you're going to be looking at me like, damn, like it overlaps in a way, you know, like anxiety can be definitely close to bipolar can be definitely close to depression. It's like, how do you figure out which one do you, which one do you think you have? And I do not advise people to go and self-diagnose yourself, it's not going to help anyone. You need to go to a professional, a trusted professional that has credentials in order to review you and your mental health, but also journaling. I'm telling you right now, I'm not in that section of like giving advice, but 
journaling helps so you can track your moods. I've done that for a while. I stopped doing it because um, I'm not even going to give an excuse right now. I stopped doing it because I lack motivation. I lack motivation to do it. It's not that I didn't have time, so I'm not even going to lie to you guys. <laughs> Another risk factor includes trauma, stress, or major life changes in the case of depression. Pause. Let's talk about stress. So I'm reading this book called Comedic Diet, Ancient African Wisdom for Health of Mind, Body, and Spirit. And this is based on the natural diet and health system of ancient Comedic, aka Egypt, aka the motherland, aka where we all came from, even white people, aka like Egyptians were smarter than Americans. I don't care how many flying cars, how many airplanes you bought, but they built a pyramid and you suckers don't even know how they built it. So next... So I'm going to read this paragraph and I'm going to analyze it with my own thoughts and what I think it means. So relative causes of physical illness, the mind-body connection and diet. There are four main categories of relative causes of illness of the physical body. However, in reality, there is only one. I think reading, um, pause, reading this like paragraph like has made me, um, not disregard everything that I've been talking about or everything I've learned specifically in like um, abnormal sight because even my abnormal sight teacher said this stress is a factor in like every single like mental illness or illness of the physical physical body okay mental illness and other illnesses too stress should definitely be top number one it's stress it's stress but let's continue so the four categories are smoking alcohol, diet, and stress. The four main categories of relative relative causes of illness to the physical body. Smoking, alcohol, diet, what you eat, and stress. However, smoking, diet, and alcohol can all be placed under the category of stress. Since most people engage in smoking, drinking alcohol, and eating a poor diet due to feeling stressed, stress causes people to Mentally feel frustrated, angry, sad, and depressed. Frustration and anger, anger, as well as sadness and depression, affect the physical body. They cause the release of hormones and other chemicals in the body, which promote weakening of the immune system, changes in blood pressure, redistribution of fat, ability of the body to of the blood of blood to clot, etc. Um, resulting in imbalances in the various systems, the nervous, muscular, vascular, and hormonal, skeletal, urogenital, I'm thinking that's like evolves like with genitalia and uh, maybe your bladder, I'm thinking, respiratory, lymphatic, and digestive of the physical body, leading to conditions such as cancer, heart diseases, stroke, diabetes, osteoporosis, etc beat that <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you like i feel like we're so misinformed on a lot of these things i'm gonna say less that's another story it's another podcast coming about my true feelings and i definitely want to decipher this book i've been taking notes in this exact book i recommend it it's expensive though i think it was like what do I see the price? Oh yeah, it was like $28.95. <laughs> I have never spent $30 on a book if it wasn't for school. I'm not even gonna hold you. So yeah, that's what they 
said about stress and how basically stress is the issue. If we learn to balance stress, we will learn to balance our mind, our body, and our spirits. So, yeah. So let's talk about the risk factors for mood disorders. Another risk factor can be physical illness or use of certain medication. So depression has been linked to major diseases such as cancer, diabetes, Parkinson's disease, and heart disease. Do you see, like I said before, like if you have one, it can be a catalyst for another, which sucks, which is like, damn, I already have one to deal with. But like, like I said before, stress, stress, you know, stress. Okay, so let's talk about the symptoms for depression, bipolar, and anxiety. Some like simple um, symptoms that may that people may experience. I talked about some before in the descriptions, but this is like more. Okay, so some symptoms of depression can include feeling sad most of the time or nearly every day, lack of energy or feeling sluggish, um, feeling worthless or helpless loss of appetite or overeating, gaining weight or losing weight, loss of interest in activities that formerly brought enjoyment, or maybe that's growth, I don't know, sleeping too much or not enough, frequent thoughts about death or suicide, and difficulty concentrating or focusing. I'm sorry for the noise in the background. I am currently uh, a home babysitter, and I can't control my environment, so I apologize once again in the future when I do get my um, own space, I will definitely, I'll, tr- I'll treat y'all better, my podcast listeners. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some symptoms of bipolar disorder. So, so some symptoms may include feeling extremely energized or elated. So that is the um, manic part, the positive, quote unquote, positive manic part. Um, rapid speech or movement, agitation, restless, restlessness, or irritability. Oh my gosh. Um, risk-taking behaviors um, such as spending too much money or driving recklessly. Unusual increase in activity or trying to do many things at once. Racing thoughts, insomnia, or trouble sleeping. Feeling jumpy on edge for no apparent reason. Some symptoms of anxiety can be fatigue, sweating, um, irritability, restlessness, um, lack of concentration, racing thoughts, or unwanted thoughts. As you can see, some of these symptoms overlap with one another. So it's hard for you to self-diagnose yourself, which I said previously to not do. I recommend you do not do that and definitely seek guidance, seek professional help, and also look into the credentials of the person or people you're seeking to get help from so you know that they are reliable and trustworthy. So in this episode, I explained some common disorders, mental disorders that are caused by stress. And I hope that you guys are just listening. I may flutter with my words. I may stutter. I may pronounce things wrong. But everything that I'm saying is definitely important. And even if you don't or you're sure you don't have like a mental illness, it's always good to know this thing, know these, um, po- like the possibility of these um, illnesses happening, not to you specifically, but to people close around you. They might be dealing with this unknown, you know? So you can help yourself, you can help others, you can promote productivity. You Like, because this mental, mental illnesses, 
and mental health overall, it impacts your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and it also decreases your decision-making process. Like it makes that your like your reason and logic tends to decrease. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to addressing your inner sense. Like I totally appreciate you guys just listening to me stumble, ramble, and do everything. And I feel like this is one of the most important um, topics that I am talking about, which is mental illness. And I just hope you guys really take what I'm saying in and just write down notes and just maybe something that you never know known will like stick in your head because everything I'm saying here, you can definitely fact check it and research it yourself. So this is a part one out of three series on mental health and how to promote it and the illnesses um, and mindfulness, just things to promote your mental health, your mental well-being, you know? So thank you guys once again and have a great day. Bye, guys.